Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, we mentioned it already today. He did a great job on a postgame last night. He's Joe Girardi, who joins us here on Sports Radio 66, Yes and ROW. Joe, Chris, and Mike, how are you today? Great, guys. How are you? Good, Joe. Good to talk to you, Joe. And before we get to your scenario, I thought you hit it right on the head. I think the Cardinals, with all this experience, and nobody picked Detroit, nobody picked St. Louis on this show prior to the series, but with all their postseason experience the last two, three years, the Mets series, maybe that served them well here against Detroit in this, in this World Series. A little more battle-tested. That was your basic point last night. Yeah, I think so, because you don't see them making the silly mistakes that Detroit has made defensively. You don't see them walking people. You see them getting more of the big two-out hits. Um, because in the series, they really haven't hit much better than Detroit, um, but they're scoring more runs. Boy, and to see pitchers make big mistake after big mistake in terms of fielding their position. And I, you know, they made they put the graphic up last night. It's first time baseball history there's been an error by a pitcher in four consecutive World Series games. But I mean, just terrible plays by the pitchers. Yeah, and it's it's hard to understand. I mean, you saw Todd Jones make one, and you know the other guys have been young guys that have made them. You know, trying to pick off Albert Pujols who has a sore hamstring and probably not going to run. Um, to me, it's just been. Um, you know, maybe the game's going a little bit too fast the first time around for these young guys. Not for Wainwright. No, he's been great. I mean, he's been outstanding. Uh, you know, I thought he'd throw a curveball last night in that situation when he was 1-0 and to Brandon Inge, and he threw a fastball, and the, and the Cardinals responded and got a run and put him back ahead. But he has pitched out saying he's got great stuff. And, you know, I think he's projected as a starter um, in the future, but, you know, they might keep him there. Why not? Uh, Joe, before the series started, I mean, the Tigers sat around for a week, but I really thought with all the momentum that they had beating the Yankees and everything else, they'd be tough to beat. I guess I didn't put enough stock into the fact that the Cardinals showed you a lot in Game 7 at Shea, so maybe you were not as surprised that the Cardinals got off to a good start here compared to, say, Mike and myself were. Well, I think it would have been a much better series so far if Detroit had played the way they're capable of playing, and I think that's what surprised people the most, and you know, I don't know if it's the week layoff or, you know, some of it has been conditions or just not the experience in the playoffs. And the Cardinals, you know, they tough series in 2004. They went to the World Series. They had that tough series against Houston last year in 2005 in the NLCS. Uh, they just seemed, uh, I don't know, like I said, more tested. Um, you know, the Cardinals pitching has been a lot better than people predict, and I think you got to give a lot of credit to Tony and Dave Duncan preparing these guys. And sometimes you just match up well against teams. Um, it's, you know, that's part of it, too. And I think the Cardinal pitchers have the curveball and the ability to throw sinkers inside to a lot of these right-hand hitters, and it's given them fits. Well, I'll tell you, Joe, uh, as an old catcher, as you are, um, you you see the batters reacting very badly from the Mets, even in this series, to these big curveballs. I mean, it's almost like, and I understand that you don't see them that, you know, it's cutter, cutter, slider, cutter, you know, the whole the whole world's that way. But, boy, these big curveballs, I mean, they froze the Mets with these big curveballs. The Tigers look lost on them. I mean, they got a couple of guys. Carpenter throws one. This Wainwright throws a huge one. You don't see too many guys. It really seems like the hitters have 
a lot of trouble with this old-fashioned big curveball. Yeah, I, I think they do, and I think if you look at ba- back at Mike Messina's record against the Tigers, it's been pretty good, and here's another guy who's got a great curveball. I know he didn't beat him in the playoffs, but he's had a lot of success, and like I said, sometimes it's it's just a matchup thing. You know, you have good fastball hitters or guys that like, you know, fastballs and hard sliders as hitters. And when you got curveballs and changeups, sometimes it just works out really well for you. Well, I would think that one of the things you got to watch, and I thought about this especially in the meta bats in the ninth inning of of the uh, seventh game. I would think you get conditioned, Joe, as a hitter, to give up on a pitch on the outside because it's going to break X. And these balls they gave up on wind up back in the strike zone, where you think, I guess, this is not going to have that kind of break. This ball's outside. I can give up on this ball, and then the back, ball's back in the strike zone. And I think their their ability to throw them when they're behind in the count, to throw them early on in the game to get ahead of hitters, I think you're right. I mean, I just think they've done a fantastic job of pitching. And I think, you know, the Cardinals were a really good club early on, and I think people liked them and, and picked them out of the National League, them or the Mets. And then they start going through some injury problems. You know, Albert Pujols got hurt. Isringhauser got hurt. Eckstein went down. Roland was beat up. And they weren't healthy at the end of the year. And then when Eckstein came back, it seemed like things started to fall into place. And I think you have to give Tony a lot of credit, too, for managing his bullpen because it's not a bullpen with a lot of experience, but he's done a great job of matching them up. He has. Uh, uh, listen, Zemaya's hurt them an awful lot here, Joe, and he was unhittable in the Yankee series. He was good when he served against the A's, but... He made that terrible throw where he was going to third base. Who knows? Young pitcher got a little flustered. Last night, you cannot leave. You cannot. After you just tied the game, you cannot walk Molina on four pitches starting the bottom of the eighth inning. So Zamaya's come back to earth. Give me your thoughts on what's going on with him. Well, I think the two-week layoff really hurt him. And the other thing is when you play National League Baseball, a lot of times you're not used to all the bunts. Um, you're not used to handling the ball as much. And you know, he just hasn't handled the ball well either as Rodney. And it's it, it's strange because, you, you know, sometimes you think as well as they pitch, they can do all the other little things, but they haven't done it. Zemaya holds runners on, Rodney holds runners on. But the fielding has been a problem. And part of it to me sometimes is just it's a little bit of panic. You, you saw what Zemaya did where he threw to third. I mean, that's you're not taught to make that play. You're taught to throw it to second and turn the double play and knowing that Albert Pujols is not a fast runner. Uh, their bullpen has let him down in the series, and I, I think people would have thought going into the series it would have been a strength of, on their club. All right, Mike and the Mad Dog with Joe Girardi, of course. He's at, doing the series for Fox. Could be back with Yes last year. Could be manager of the year. Probably is in the National League this year. We'll get to Joe's future in, in a minute. But first, Joe, let's put the managerial hat back on you for a second here. You're down three games to one. Your objective is to get the series first back to Detroit. You got Kenny Rogers, who we know would get booed out of the building and would have to put up with a lot of abuse if he pitched game five, but he could pitch game five, and he's thrown 23 scoreless innings. With that the case, he's not going to do it. And I don't know if I, I don't think I would put, I'm saying right now, I wouldn't put him in, in St. Louis tonight either. You got to win all three games. I wouldn't either. Would you put Rogers, a lot of people were already calling for this, would you put Rogers on the mound? in Game 5 to get you back to Detroit knowing that he's thrown 23 scoreless innings, but he's got to deal with that abuse in, in uh, St. Louis? I think it's probably the toughest decision that Jim Leland's had to, had to make. And, and the other thing, when you think about Kenny Rogers, is he gets a lot of ground balls, and the conditions are going to be tough. You know, I think he's going out with the strikeout pitcher, and I think what you said about trying to pitch in St. Louis with the scrutiny that he would be under, it, you know, it's an extra added pressure that he probably wouldn't need. So, 
I, I'm not sure what I would do. I mean, I think it's a tough decision. Uh, I think you, you know, depending on what happens, you're going to be second-guessed either way tonight. Uh, uh, and tell me about the Tigers' chances here, Joe. I mean, you know, anybody who's watched this pretty carefully would think, boy, the Cardinals got all the karma. Uh, they, they took over from that Mets series, and here they are again. They got a chance to win a championship in their building. They're going to blow a 3-1 lead two years in a, two times in a row to Detroit, 68 now. It's hard for people seeing that. Yeah, I mean, logic would think St. Louis would win this World Championship tonight. Why don't you make a case for the Tigers in a Game 5? Go ahead. Well, I think the only way the Tigers win is if, if Verlander dominates. You know, if it comes down to a close ball game, Detroit has not played well in the close ball games. I think they have to have a really strong game out of Verlander where he gives them seven strong innings and they can go to their bullpen. And the other thing is, you know, they have not hit the Cardinals. You know, the one guy Casey, you know, that has hit has been Casey and Guillen, and they have to get some production out of the top of the order. Um, but if they don't play defense, they're not going to win. But I think, I think if Verlander has his fastball tonight and as good as he's been um, in the past, he didn't throw too well this last start, you know, and he had two weeks off just like the other pitchers. I think they got a chance, but I still like the Cardinals just because they seem to play a lot better in, in close games, and that's what you usually get in World Series games. All right, uh, let's get to you for a second, Joe. Do you feel that, I mean, clearly not all the teams were worried about the fact that you have, quote-unquote, become, according to the, your old team, some kind of control freak. Um, yeah. uh, they were looking to hire you. You pulled out of some jobs. Uh, what was your, First of all, what about the idea? What can you tell us or shed some light on exactly what went wrong or what was the problem in Florida and then why you decided to pull yourself out of some of these other jobs? Well, I think the reason I decided to pull myself out of some of the other jobs was just because of family reasons. Um, it, it just didn't seem right for me to do you know, a situation where my kids are in school, three different schools in three years, or in three different homes in three years, um, it just seemed that, you know what, maybe I needed to take a step back. Uh, and I really do want to manage because I love to manage. And the point of being a control freak, I think if people get to know me, um, I'm not a control freak and I'm about winning. And I have expectations for my players and, um, you know, I have some expectations on, you know, the way a clubhouse should be where it's the, play, you know, it's the player's clubhouse and uh, there's situations where, you know, it has to feel safe for them and the, but being a control freak, I'm not. Um, you know, I think I was a little bit misled about what the club might be, and uh, I never had a problem with it. I just continued to work hard, and I never lost my zest and, and told our players we were going to win. Um, and I had high expectations for them, and I'm disappointed we didn't win our division because that was our first goal. Um, but, you know, I've always got along with people, and, and that you know, I had to. I mean, that's what I did as a catcher, and that's what you have to do to be successful in the game. So... Um, I think I've been painted in, in a light that is not true, but that's okay, you know, because the one thing about this job, I learned a ton, um, and I think I learned a lot more than if everything would have went, you know, perfect. So I, I'm glad I went through the experience. I'm thankful for the opportunity, and I believe I'll get it again in the right situation. All right. We know Loria is tough, so we'll lay low with Loria. I mean, I'm sure him screaming at the umpire right next to you is not an easy scenario. I'll be the first to admit that. But Beinfest is a good GM, Joe. I mean, he's won a World Series. He knows young players. And it seemed like you had a sort of fractured relationship with the Marlin front office. I can understand the owner, but I'm a little surprised that it didn't work. Now, I know that you were a lawyer choice and the front office maybe wanted somebody else, but I'm still a little surprised you were not able to work well with that front office. What can you tell us about that? Well, I didn't, I didn't have a problem working. I, I mean, I did, you know, 
played the players that I, in a sense that I thought were the players that needed to be the players. I thought we did a great job of developing the young players and the young pitchers and getting 10 wins out of four rookie starters and all the young players. We played six rookies usually every day. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what the problem was. Uh, you know, if I created a, a rift, uh, it definitely wasn't on purpose, but I don't think I created one. Um, you know, you can read into it what you want. And, you know, I always decided that, you know, internal stuff is meant to be internal and relationships are meant to be internal. And I never came out and really said a whole lot about it. And I won't because I don't think that's the right thing to do. So, you know, they painted me in a, in a light that I believe is not true, but that's okay. You know, I can deal with that because I, I really truly believe I'll get another job and it'll be the right job. Um, of the kids... Take Cabrera and, Wilch- and Doncho Willis out of the mix. Of the kids, and you had so many pitches, you had the kid at second base, which one of these kids right now would you say is a can't-miss, Joe, uh, out of all the kids you had this year? Hanley Ramirez. I think I think he's probably the, the most talented of the young crop. Um, you look at Danny Ugla. Yeah, he was good, that kid. Boy. He, he just gives good. you what you want every day. He plays harder every day. He's prepared every day. Um, he's a little bit older than Hanley. Hanley's only 22 years old, but from a talent level, I think Hanley has got it all. Um, and which one of the pitchers? Well, it's it's hard to predict. Um, you know, I really like Johnson. I like Olsen. I, I like them all. Oh, you I do? Mean, okay. Yeah, Annabelle Sanchez was great. Nolasco, you know, he was great. I'm not so sure, you know, if he'll be a starter his whole career or, you know, maybe a setup guy or a closer type of guy. Um, but there's a lot of talent in those young pitchers. Uh, we've heard from the grapevine that this Gary Tuck could have been an issue here for you, Joe. The fact that good friend of yours, but he's not Mr. Personable as far as people skills are concerned. And maybe he's the guy that got into the issues with Laurie and you had to basically get in the middle. Is that true? No, that's that's not true. I mean, you know, I could sit down and tell you, you know, my side of the story, but what good does that do? I mean, it doesn't do any good. And, um, you know, it was said that he said something to Mr. Laurie that day. He didn't say a word. So, um, you know, it was a relationship that didn't work out, um, you know, so you can take from what you want. But I think people who get to know me and want to get to know me will understand I'm a lot different than what I was painted out to be. Would you, would you have taken a Cub job if it were offered? Well, I mean, uh, you know, you have to. I, I, I mean, think it's you the can Cubs. never speculate. But, um, I mean, it is the Cubs. That's a huge I was job, very yeah. interested in that job, okay. I will tell you that. That's well, fair. because you live there. You also live there, yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah. Joe, so that makes it easier for you. Well, I did. I don't anymore, but I did. And right. now you're going to go back and do yes this year? Is that what you're going to do? That's a, a real strong possibility, yes. Uh, but you know, you're good at that. You know, but you want to manage, though. You got into uh, it. You definitely want to manage Yes, I, I loved it. And it has to be the right situation. And that, that you know, that's not me um, saying that, you know, only this situation's for me or, you know, I'm this type of manager. I want to manage here. It's just it, it's, it's a family situation. I mean, you have young kids. You understand what it's like. I have young kids. I have a seven, a five and a newborn, so it has to be the right situation. All right, since you're going back to yes, what's wrong with the Yankees? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) Well, let's ask you this way. Were you more surprised that the Mets lost to St. Louis or more surprised that the Yankees lost to Detroit? Wow. Um, That's hard to say. You know, the Mets didn't really go in from a pitching standpoint healthy. But pitching did not cost them the series, though, either. No, they didn't hit. They, 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 they got a hit. lot. Of, they got a lot out of Maine and Perez. Those guys did a pretty good job. They really? really did. You know, I was I was a little bit shocked by both. Um, but Detroit, I mean, people forgot they were a very very talented club, and they kind of went in, into a little skid when Polanco went down. 
and then he came back. I mean, they were as good as anyone during, you know, if you look over the whole season record-wise, they were as good as anyone. So that's not a huge surprise to me. Well, you know, but the Yankees, you know, you know, you can look at their Andy Johnson, you can look at the bats, you can also look at Messina though. Messina had a lead in the fifth inning of Game Two, the put, away, game, put away game for the against the Tigers. Tigers looked dead at that time, and then he couldn't give up three runs over the next three innings, and they wound up losing that game. Yeah, that, very unmissing. Well. I shouldn't say unmissing no, alike because he's done it before, but but that was where I thought the whole thing spun right there. Well, I know, but you know the Yankees have been a resilient club. You know, I mean they went through a lot this year and, and they seem to bounce back. It's right. just Detroit just played great, and then they did the same thing against Oakland. And then the surprising thing is they haven't done it against St. Louis so far, but they got a chance tonight. All right, one more on your manager's hat. Uh, if you knew what Larusa says he knew, would you have gone out in the first inning and got? Rogers tossed, or would you have handled it the way Larusa handled it? Actually, I thought I learned a lot from Tony because I, I, I liked the way Tony handled it. Um, obviously, ob, ob, it was the only inning that they actually had a rally, right? Too and, and it might be that might be the reason Tony let it go because something you know good was going on. Um, I, I, it's hard to say how you would have handled it because I wasn't in the situation, but I will tell you, I did like the way he handled it. You did, yes. Hmm. Um, Especially if he winds up winning now, he really looks like, like he, he really looks like a classy guy, doesn't yeah. he? Especially yeah. if he won, wins the series. You know, well, I think Tony understands about you know the importance of the game and the and the big picture. Um, he's been in it so long, and the controversy that baseballs went through you know up until this point, the last four or five years. I think Tony understands. You know, a lot of people don't. A lot of managers in the National League don't like Tony. You one of those who does, Joe? No, I do, and I find it. Um, I find it uh, very challenging to play against his club. Um, I love, you know, managing against him because you know, I know from being with him and watching him so many years how good of a manager he is. is and he, I think it's a great challenge. Is he good to young managers or tough on young managers? No, I think he was good. I mean, Tony was great in 2003 when I was there because he used to always share things with me because he would tell me, you know, I know you want to manage in the future and I want to share things with you. So he was good to you. Joe, good talking to you. Keep an eye on Verlando tonight. He's the key if Detroit wants to stay alive, basically, right? I believe. I think they have to have seven strong innings out of him. Okay, All Joe. Right, Joe good luck. Thanks, Thanks guys. Okay. okay, Joe did a good job for us there. Victor from the Bronx. And he is, you know what? If I were your Giants, I would have been all over him. I don't know if he wanted to move to San Francisco. I don't Francisco. think he was going to take it anyway. Sounds like, I don't think he would have. He, he, he made it seem like he wants to stay in his house in Florida for a year or so. He would have taken a Chicago job. But yeah, Louis he, beat him to well, the Chicago Well, he also job. went to Northwestern. He's right. from the area. Right. Well, it would perfect for him. And no one's passing up the Cubs. You can't. No, that's and one he's those, an ex-Cub. Uh, he is a Cub. Plus, it's a jewel. I mean, you don't pass up the Cubs. The Cubs, I mean, Red Sox, Yankees, those Dodgers, job. those yeah. four jobs. Special job. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 